and you are looking live at our pre-recorded mailbag episode that we recorded on Wednesday. It's time for part two of the Locked On Magic Mailbag special. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 20th. You may be listening to this on July 21st, 2023. My name is Philip Ross, and I am the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic Daily. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're hitting part two of our mailbag episode that we recorded on Wednesday evening. You can listen back to part one uh, uh, on our previous podcast on this feed, or you can listen to the whole darn thing on our YouTube page. So let before we get to edit, so we'll get to all that coming up here in just a minute. But before we do that, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. And now back to our mailbag special with part two right now. Let's take a look at what other questions we have here. Um, Karen Kindler asks, "What's the deal?" Sorry, I did my did my worst uh, did my worst uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld there. What's the deal with Chuma Okeke? Um, you know, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> um, Chuma's been doing work. You know, we've seen him put in those uh, put in those uh, um, uh, uh, workout videos, posted a few on social media. Um, Chuma's kind of fallen off the face of the earth, though. Um, you know, I, I think the injuries have slowed him down. Like, I think that he was making, probably making good progress from from the ACL injury and then the pain. Like, honestly, no player was probably hurt more by the pandemic than Chuma Okeke. Um, and I, I, I would be curious if there is a phenomena of players who were rehabbing um, at any level, um, in any sport, honestly, Players who were rehabbing when the pandemic hit, how successful were those players rehabbing getting all the way back to, to, to full health? Um, I am not an elite athlete, but let me give you my rehab story. Uh, my sophomore year of college, I was playing basketball the week before finals, um, which we all did to kind of let off steam. I go up for a rebound. I land on someone's foot, roll my ankle like ridiculously bad, <laughs> um, like very, very bad. Um, I, I thought it was just a simple rolled ankle. I've rolled my ankle a million times. I've terrible ankles um, uh, because I have small feet, but um, I don't know. Uh, But I was like, I'll put ice on it. It'll be fine. It's still puffy and starting to to get discolored uh, in the morning. I was like, okay, time to go to the hospital. Uh, They initially thought it was a high ankle sprain. Turned out I had fractured a bone in my foot. uh, And I was like, okay, that's that's all good. Didn't need surgery. It's just going to heal on its own. No one ever told me I needed rehab after it. And I would, you know, honestly, I would still say, if I am standing for too long, if I am, uh, you know, playing basketball, um, my foot will still hurt pretty, pretty badly. Um, I'm not an elite athlete. I don't have the access to the things that Chumo KK does, but 
not being able to rehab properly, that doesn't help injuries recover. And look, Chuma, at the time of the pandemic, was really close to get, being back to full contact uh, from the ACL tear. And obviously, you know, that was disrupted. He comes back onto the team the following training camp. It's a shortened training camp. He gets the injury very early on in that season to the same knee. Magic hold him out out of a precaution. And it's just been one injury after another and one thing piling on after another. And I think some of the athleticism that we saw from him at Auburn has kind of dissipated. Um, I think the coaching change didn't help him either. Not that Jamal Mosley hasn't been able to reach him, but the Magic have essentially turned him into a three-point shooter exclusively. And he's just not a good enough three-point shooter to do that. His defense is still fine. I think he's still active defensively, but he's just... The Magic just cut out all of his post-ups. They cut out all of his cutting. He's just kind of a standstill shooter, and, and that's not necessarily what he is and what he's good at and, and what makes him interesting and special as a player. Um, I do think the Magic have misused him a little bit, but he's also struggled to stay on the court. He's struggled to kind of establish his spot and, and take advantage of his opportunities when they come. Um, this season is going to be interesting for him because... The area that I am most concerned about for the Magic, like from a depth chart position, is um, uh, if 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 I look at at things from a depth chart from a depth chart position, um, the the Magic are weakest at power forward. Yes, they have Paolo. Yes, they have Franz. But last year, Paolo and Franz played about sixty six per sixty six point seven. It's almost two thirds of their minutes together. It's like low sixties, mid sixties for one of them. Um, they played nearly two-thirds of their minutes together. The Magic want Paolo and Franz playing together. They want them playing together as much as possible. So that means your backup power forward options are Jonathan Isaac, who's, you know, great player, can be a very good player, but is um, is uh, uh, is a very good player, but he's injury-prone. Uh, you've got Chuma Okeke, who, you know, hasn't really established himself and has had his struggles... Um, had his struggles uh, in the in the league, uh, and then uh, you have uh, Mo Wagner. You know, uh, you know maybe some Wendell Carter. Maybe you go some two big lineups. Um, you know, you're gonna run some Caleb Houston at power forward, perhaps. You're gonna run some Jet Howard at power forward, perhaps. Um, you know, I think like I, I wrote about this a little bit on five things I learned about from the Magic about from summer league. I kind of think that the Magic purposefully built a small roster to kind of stress test this idea of can we run. A bunch of six eight guys at, at, at and, and be successful and like look we saw how much they struggled with rebounding in summer league. DJ Wilson isn't the rebounder that Wendell Carter is. Um, Robert Baker is a solid rebounder, but I think we saw that you know maybe that's not the greatest idea. I do expect the Magic to use one of their final two way spots on a power forward uh, as kind of an emergency in case Jonathan Isaac doesn't work doesn't isn't able to play for whatever reason or in case Chuma Okeke is not what we want, but. This is a last chance for Chumo KK. The Magic are not going to give him an extension. He, he's going to hit free agents. He's going to hit free agency next summer. He needs a big season. He needs to kind of show what he can do and who he can be, um, because he may not be um, he may not be exactly what what this team needs. So definitely, definitely, um, so, you know, I agree. I don't know what happened to Chumo KK either. Um, it just hasn't quite it hasn't quite come together for him and and. This is a last chance, you know. Like I find it hard to believe with the way that he's played, that another team's going to pick him up. He's going to have to play. You know, he might end up having to play summer league ne- next year or find a way to get back in the league. It's it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Um, a lot of uh, I'm just kind of scrolling through the comments here. A lot of questions about uh, Anthony Black and you know I, 
I, I think, you know, kind of earlier on our, our discussion about Anthony Black, um, you know, someone mentions here that he led the SEC in turnovers, and, and that that's true. I think turnovers, A, young guards are going to make mistakes. Young guards are going to be, are, are going to be, um, are going to make miscues and, and, and make mistakes. And, and look, he had his mistakes in summer league too. He averaged 12, he had 12 total turnovers, seven turnovers in the first game, zero in the second game, five in the last game. So it's going to be a little bit of a wave with him. He also led the SEC in minutes played, um, you know, as Jay Cross is mentioning with a team with bad spacing. Um, you know, that Magic aren't going to give him much better spacing, but NBA floors are much white, bigger. There's a lot more space for him to work. Um, turnovers are going to be a struggle for him his first year. And, and I'm not going to be surprised by that. I think his, I think some of his turnover struggles in summer league was frankly the teammates that he had and him just trying to be a little too unselfish at times. Um, I, like I know the one thing that I wanted to see from Anthony Black that, that we really didn't get a chance to see, uh, was, um, was just this, it was explosion to the basket. I know he's not the most explosive athlete, but I always felt like he was going too slow. Like he was waiting too long for someone else to spring open for him to make the pass. You need him to just go and score sometimes. And he showed that in the second half of that first game. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Anthony Black's a sure thing, a sure bet, and is going to hit. Um, I, I, I can't say that. Um, but I do think that he has a lot of interesting skills. And, and at this point, like I, I tell people this all the time, uh, don't make conclusions on guys. Like we're, we're still too early in the process to make conclusions on players. So give everyone uh, everyone a chance um, a chance here. Um, Nick Laverno asks, who do you think or like for that two for the two-way spots open? Uh, Nick, I have not actually gone through that list yet. Uh, so I apologize that I don't have an answer for you. I, I am thinking a lot about it though. Um, I think the magic need uh, the magic with their two-way spots have typically gone for players who are, um, who are veterans, veteran to veteran G League guys? They want players who, uh, you know, can be the leaders of that team as well as players who are going to be comfortable with whatever role that the Magic give for them on the main roster. So I, I would be looking for guys who've had some G League experience. I'd be looking for a, fo- a forward, uh, especially. I think I think the Magic will look to fill that with a with a three four hybrid if they can get one. Um, maybe a four five hybrid. Um, I expect them to go with bigs um, with with those two way spots. Um, we'll see who wriggles free. The Magic might keep one open to see who uh, gets cut from training camps. Um, see if there's any players that that make sense on that front. So uh, you know, I don't think uh, I don't think that uh, I don't think that 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 I, I don't think that's been certainly uh, established. I would say this, um, although it wouldn't surprise me if like Dexter Dennis or Robert Baker, not both but one, gets a two way spot. I don't think anyone from the summer league team is going to get a two-way spot. I, I do hope the Magic keep Robert Baker. I think there's something to work with there and see if they can continue developing him. Um, Dexter, I, I do think Dexter Dennis uh, is also uh, definitely an option to keep in the G League. See if he can continue to develop. I was really impressed with some of the things that he did, but um, I don't like the Magic aren't relying on their two-way players anymore. So I think that's a good sign. Um, that's certainly a sign that this team is. Got some depth now where, you know, we were not signing an Admiral Schofield saying like, man, we really, we're going to have to count on Admiral Schofield for 10, 15 games here. Um, the Magic hopefully won't get to that point. Uh, but you do want to have those guys in reserve and 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 that's certainly a question. Um, back to the Chuma KK discussion. Jay Cross asked, should we have kept Bull over Chuma? Um, it was like rookie year for Bull and he showed us more than Chuma in less amount of time. Um Honestly, I did think that that was a possibility, and I think Bull Bull fits a lot of what the Magic want to do, and I think in a more limited role, 
uh, coming off the bench, you know, making a spot start here and there as needed. I think Bol Bol is more capable than Chima at this point. Having said that, I do think that that was a money decision. Uh, Chima KK is making five point. He's making about five million dollars, a little bit north of five million dollars. Bol Bol was at two was at two point two, and it was non guaranteed. Sometimes these are business decisions. The difference between eating $5 million on a waiver wire or eating $0, you're going to pick $0 every time, even with a player as talented as Bull. Um, I, I, think the ma- I think the Magic ultimately decided um, that they don't have the time to develop a player like Bull Bull uh, in that way anymore. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, kind of back on this Anthony Black discussion we've been having, Jordan asks, how much time can we realistically expect Black to get a game? Uh, I assume he's going to be behind Fultz on the depth chart and fighting for time with Suggs and Cole. Uh, we're we're gonna I'm gonna get to that question uh, in just a moment. Uh, we'll we'll tee that up. We'll talk a little bit more about Anthony Black and, and talk more about uh, rotation questions. Um, I'm here. To, I'm here, I'm gonna be here till about 6:15 to answer all your magic questions. Questions. So keep keep them coming. I really appreciate everyone who has jumped in here as well. But before we get it, before we get anywhere else, I got to say a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, like I said earlier, if you were here earlier in the chat, I am indeed doing the same ad read. Um, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just 20 bucks and you'll have, land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Appreciate you guys letting me do my ad reads here. Uh, makes my job editing this so much easier. Um, but kind of back to the back to that question that we had. Um, Jordan asked again previously, uh, how much time can we realistically expect Black to get a game? I assume he's going to be behind Fultz on the depth chart and fighting for time with Suggs and Cole. Um, I have not kind of done the the minutes chart yet, um, but I really do think that. Honestly, both Anthony Black and Jed Howard are probably going to slot in about 15 to 18 minutes per game. Maybe Black getting up to 20 minutes per game. Um, I think that Anthony Black's going to help the team everywhere. Um, I, I, I look at this depth chart, and I don't necessarily put him behind Fultz and Cole. Um, I don't even put him behind Suggs and Harris. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes at the three. I think the Magic are really, intention, are, are really intentional about this. I, I think the Magic do want to kind of spread him around a little bit put him with other ball handlers, put him with Cole, put him with Gary, uh, you know, put him in lineups that he can succeed in um, that may not be traditional lineups. Um, you know, there was that, that quote, uh, there's a scout last year who said essentially, um, who said essentially, you know, everyone talks about positionless basketball. The Magic are the only team that are actually doing it. They're the only team that actually live this idea of positionless basketball. And, um, and I think that that is, that's, that's really telling. Um, you know, I think that is really at the core who the Magic are. Um, they are trying to play positionless basketball. 
they are trying to do, they're, they're trying to do it all. They're trying to have it all. Um, and so to me, you know, one of the things they look for are positional versatility. Guys who can guard multiple positions. And like I said, another thing they like is skill versatility. Guys who can do skill, who have skills that are, um, that are not, um, that are not typical for players of their size. And that's one of the reasons why I think they really like Anthony Black. I think that's ultimately why they drafted Jet Howard over Jordan Hawkins and Grady Dick is they believe that Jet Howard can develop other skills and he's 6'8", and he's bigger, and he's more athletic, and he, there's, there's a little bit more potential in there. And, the, you know, maybe they evaluated the shooting as all the same. Um, so um, um, so that is, you know, certainly certainly a part of the, the equation, too. Um, you know, I, I think that... I think that AB is going to get his time. Like, I'm not worried about him getting playing time. I'm not worried about him getting opportunities. He's going to get his time. Um, the question then is, um, uh, the question then is, uh, uh, um, how much time does he get and what is his ultimate role? And like I said, I think it's going to be like very contained. I think the Magic are going to try and put him in situations. And like, look, honestly, like, you know, Jeff Waltman has said this a million times already. This season, rookies aren't being gifted playing time. This season, rookies aren't kind of automatically getting 20, 30 minutes a game. Everything's going to be earned. And honestly, I, I, I believe this wholeheartedly. There are going to be moments this season when Anthony Black is out of the rotation. Like, I, I believe that. Um, that that he will not be an 82 game player. That you know he will have maybe stretches this stretches of the season where they sit him down, and have him watch. I don't think they'd send him to the G League, but there's going to be mo- there's you know and it's, that's going to be part of the growing process for him is sitting and learning and and and, and you know kind of getting a reset and a refresh um, depending on what the team needs at that moment. Um, I, I do I do believe that's going to happen. And again. The versatility, the ability that they could play Anthony Black anywhere, you know, they they I think they tried Jed Howard at the four a little bit in Summer League. I think I think their Summer League team was a little bit smarter than maybe we're giving it credit for. Um it was kind of a stress test for some ideas that they, they might be having. Um as everyone's mentioning, this facing Orlando is gonna be much better than than at Arkansas, and that's gonna be hundred percent true. But you know, there's still gonna be there's still gonna be hiccups and learning curves. So you know, I, again I think I think I think that'll that'll be part of it. Um I'm gonna get back to some of these questions earlier in the chat, so I apologize if I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit behind on the chat. Um, David Erickson writes, what are your thoughts on who will be the starting five in the rotation that Jamal Mosley will use? Um, my starting five, as of today, is obviously Markel Fultz at point guard, Franz and Paolo at, at the three and the four, and Wendell Carter at the five. Um, I have the Magic starting Gary Harris for now. Off the bench, I think you bring Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs at the guard position. At the three, I, I think you split time with Anthony Black and Jet Howard. Um, you know, I think maybe you pl- play them both together at times. You know, you 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 fudge the rotation a little bit. It, it, the Magic have 11 guys that I think they want to play. Um, Jonathan Isaac at the, as the backup four is a thing. I'm not giving up on that. If he's healthy, he is going to play. How long is the question? And then what can he do with those minutes if it's not, if it's if they're still keeping him to say 15 minutes, you know, how do you fill the rest of that time? Um, and then I think... You know, Goga Batadze or Mo Wagner, like I said earlier, I think Goga Batadze is probably the guy at center. This team is deep. There is going to be someone who you think should be playing that is not going to play. There is, it, it, it is possible that Anthony Black or Jet Howard 
will not get minutes every single night. That's where we're at as a team. And again, people criticize the team for trading their second round picks a lot. They don't have the room for second round picks. They don't have the room for these players anymore. Um, so I do think that that I do think that this team is very, very deep there. Um, David Erickson follows that up with, DraftKings says the Magic will win more games than last year and miss the playoffs. What are your thoughts? Um, I haven't looked at DraftKings. We don't like DraftKings. We like FanDuel. Um, so I'll check FanDuel's uh, 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 group in a second. But um, I do think that that's possible. Um, you know, I, I, I did my power rankings on my Patreon page. I have the Orlando Magic 8th. Um, in, in, in my power rankings. But I think they're competing in a group with... Uh, let me make sure I have my, my teams right. I have Indiana 6. I have Indiana above everyone. I think Indiana's going to be really good. Um, I have the, they're, they're competing in a group with Atlanta, Brooklyn, who I think is on the lower end of that, Chicago, Toronto, uh, and maybe Charlotte. Um, I, I mentioned this on yesterday's show. I think there are 13 teams that today believe they can be playoff teams. And you can laugh about Charlotte... Charlotte was a play-in team the, the two previous seasons. Last year, LaMelo Ball was hurt. They lost Miles Bridges um, for good reason. Uh, but they are still... They still got Terry Rozier. They still got Gordon Hayward. They're a little bit s- small on the inside with Kai Jones, um, who they really like but hasn't quite developed yet. Um, they, Steve Clifford teams do not stay down. It, it is very rare for Steve Clifford teams to have two bad years in a row. And while I do think Charlotte's ultimately going ultimately to finish 13th and, and still be in rebuild mode... Um, I'm not counting that amount yet. Um, having said that, you know, it's possible for the Magic to win more games and still miss the play-in tournament. Uh, Toronto is, you know, despite losing Fred Van Vliet, they still have a lot of veteran guys who know what they're doing. Uh, Chicago still has three star players in Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine, and DeMar DeRozan, and say what you want about them. They, they were a fourth quarter away from making the playoffs and beating the Miami Heat and killing that baby in the crib. Um, the, the Magic will have their work cut out for them. I think anyone who thinks that the Magic are automatically a shoo-in for a play-in spot, a shoo-in for, uh, shoo-in for anything, I think that is a mistake. Uh, I think that is putting the cart before the horse. The Magic are going to have to work. They are very unproven. They're very talented, but they are very unproven, and, and they've got a lot of work to do, in my opinion, to get themselves um, at the playoff level uh, that they need to get at. And, and look, they can do it. I wholeheartedly believe that they can do it. Um, but, and I do believe they'll do it. I, I, I do believe they will make the playoffs. I do believe, oh, they'll be in the playing tournament. I don't say make the playoffs. I do believe they'll be in the playing tournament. I do believe they'll be playing meaningful games at the end of the season. Even if they have some injuries, you know, maybe injuries to the wrong guys would hurt them uh, again, like it did last year. But even with injuries, I think this is a postseason cap- I, This is more than a postseason capable team. I think this team will be in the postseason next year. Um, and so we will see. Um, uh, what what they what they end up doing. Uh, Daniel Hidalgo is bringing up this question, and I'm loath to answer it, but I, I will respect the, the comment section and answer every question here. Um, Seattle and Vegas were reportedly promised expansion teams. What do you think of that? And Paolo, given the situation with Washington and Duke and Italy and USA teams, I'm a little worried about it. Um, we're still a little ways away from expansion happening. Um, let's let's start let's start there. Uh, the next place to go from there is 
the Magic have eight eight seasons with Paolo Bancaro. Like they're almost guaranteed eight seasons with Paolo Bancaro. If they can't figure out how to build a championship team to make him happy in every way, to make Orlando feel like a home for him, then they deserve to lose him. Just plain and simple. Um, I am not worried about the Seattle thing. People have brought this up to me a million times. You know, there are, yes, guys have hometowns. You don't see J- you don't see Jalen Suggs like clamoring to go play for the Timberwolves. Um, you know, I know Paolo is a deeper connection maybe with Seattle, uh, but everyone is from somewhere. If they make it through their rookie contract and then that second contract, these places become home. Like, they do. Like, in eight years, you know, think about what could happen with Paolo in eight years. Paolo is 20 years today. In eight years, he could get married. He could have kids. He could really make Orlando a home. Eight years is a long time. Um, you know, and you know, we're one year into it. So se- think seven years from now, what, what, what could happen in your life in seven years? Um, a lot, and look, NBA, and NBA crazy things happen in a year. Like no one would have thought, you know, Kevin Durant would be a Phoenix Sun last year, um, you know, at, at, at this time. So I think, I think, I don't think the magic should be freaking out about Seattle getting an NBA team again. Um, I don't think that's gonna, that would be healthy for them. Um, that's, that, that leads you to make the kind of panicked moves that cost your Dwight Howard at the end of the day. What I think the Magic need to do is continue to build the culture that they're building, continue to build the team that they're building, continue to grow and advance and develop and, 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 and kind of take that next step as an organization. Worry of, like Just worry about what you can control. And if Paolo Bancaro has his heart set on playing for the Seattle Supersonics in their expansion year... It, there's nothing you can do about that. Um, you drafted the kid. You knew, you, you know. There's nothing you can do about that. And, and I just, I just don't think that's anything you can worry about. Um, you know, Shaq did that same deal, uh, according to some people at least. That you know, he always had his heart set on playing for the Lakers, and he was going to bolt for Los Angeles the first chance he got. The Magic didn't help themselves by lowballing him the way that they did in in, the, in that summer. Um, but if he was determined to play for Los Angeles, he was going to find an excuse to go play for Los Angeles. And, and there's nothing you could do about it. Now, I think the NBA is a very different today than it was back then. Um, I get into this argument a lot with my dad, who thinks that everyone just wants to go to the Lakers or to the Knicks because they're big markets and there's big marketing opportunities there. And I tell him like that, in today's world, you can be a international superstar from anywhere. Um, you know, you can you know you can sell in Orlando. Dwight Howard was very successful selling in Orlando. And I think he was in this transition period where people didn't quite realize this yet or have this epiphany yet. Um, but everyone was coming, you know, players weren't coming to Dwight Howard because he's Dwight Howard, but marketers were coming to Dwight Howard. He didn't have to go to them. Um, and, and so I think these players today are a lot savvier business-wise um, and a lot savvier knowing like, okay, where can I get the most money? It's always going to be in Orlando for Palo and, uh, or wherever he's traded and, and the contract comes out. Um, and it's ultimately going to be about, can the Magic build a contending team to make Paolo happy? If he's a player that we all think he can be, can the Magic build the kind of team that he wants to be on and build the kind of organization that he wants to be a part of? Um, I, I, I worry, about, worry about that. Don't worry about the, uh, don't worry about the uh, uh, potential of him going to, to Seattle. Um, Terry Suggs asking the most important question on this pod. Um, what are you seeing this weekend, Oppenheimer or Barbie? Uh, I uh, I am seeing Oppen- I'm going to go see Oppenheimer tomorrow. Um, 
Uh, I am Team Oppenheimer. Uh, the reviews are awesome so far. I am going to see Barbie. Do not worry. Um, I am going to see Barbie. My sister just got back in town. We're probably going to go see it together uh, at some point next week. Um, but I am planning to see Oppenheimer tomorrow. I am looking for the biggest screen in Orlando that I can find um, to see it. Um, the Enzian is reportedly playing it in 35mm, but I, I don't, like, the Enzian's fine. I like the Enzian, but I, I don't think that's the movie theater I want to see Oppenheimer in. Um, so I may, be, I may be popping down to, to, to whatever it's called now, Desertland or whatever it's called, to watch Oppenheimer uh, on Thursday, um, which will be uh, after, which will be before this airs. So I will have seen Oppenheimer by the time uh, this, this, this podcast airs, uh, or at least the audio podcast airs. Uh, recording it live, it, uh, I haven't seen it yet. Um, let's, uh, let's get to some of these last questions here. Um, Hank Pink asks, does the magic not addressing that backup five and free agency indicate that they are confident in JI's recovery? Um, I actually do think so. Um, I think that the, the magic not addressing their power four position, it's not the center position. They, they, you know, I wanted them to upgrade the center position because I don't quite trust Mo Wagner or Goga Batadze to start 15 games. Um, like I said, Wendell Carter has never played more than 62 games in the season. I think you got to bet on him missing 15 to 20 games every year. Um, I don't quite trust him to do that. Uh, but having said that, um, I do think that uh, I do think that uh, the Magic essentially addressed that backup center spot. They got two guys there that they, that can that can hold their own. Um, I do think the Magic not grabbing another four, and and I, I can't believe this. I did that rotation thing, and I didn't mention Joe Ingles, who I really like as well. There's going to be players on this team that don't play that you think should. Um, you know, Joe Ingles is really good. Uh, Joe Ingles, I think, can play a little bit of backup four, but ultimately, I think the idea is, I think the Magic do trust that Jonathan Isaac is going to be able to contribute something this year. Um, and they didn't meaningfully address the power forward position or protect themselves or hedge their bet on him. Jonathan Isaac is their best option behind Paolo Bancaro at the four. Just plain and simple. He is their best option. I suspect that they're going to play him and lean on him pretty, pretty uh, heavily. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm again. I'm going through these these comments again. Uh, Terry Suggs asking, "Is Joe Ingles going to get 15 minutes per game?" I, I can't believe I forgot Joe Ingles uh, when I'm doing the roster thing. Um, Joe Ingles is really good, guys. Um, I don't think everyone understands how much of an impact Joe Ingles is going to have on this team. Uh, he is a an excellent catch and shoot three point three point shooter. On kickouts, he is going to make shots. Like he is going to have gravity. Teams are not going to leave him open. He is also a really underrated passer. Like he is an extremely underrated passer. Like I cannot speak enough about how underrated of a passer is. He makes good decisions. He is going to make this team better just him being on the court. You can run him a little bit as a point forward too. Like again, I I, I I'm gonna hammer this concept home. Skill versatility. Joe Ingles is a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter who is also a decent passer. I don't know if he has the mobility to still run pick-and-rolls like he did in Utah, but he's really, really good. Um, and, and I think that, I think that um, it's, it's really, really interesting to see... Um, to, it's going to be really interesting to see Jonathan Isaac... Um, or not Jonathan Isaac. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see Joe Ingles and how he fits into the team and how the Magic try to use him. Um, training camp's going to be fun because there's going to be a lot of competition. And, and the rotation's going to shift and change throughout the year, honestly. And like I said earlier, there's enough pieces here. There's enough depth here. The Magic can afford to trade and consolidate some guys. So I, I do think they're setting themselves up for that. 
Um, we're coming up on an hour live here. Um, so I'm going to probably make, unless someone has a, another question left, um, uh, I'll, I'll do two question, two more questions at least that, that are in the chat here. Um, uh, David Erickson writes, how much cap room is left to spend? What about AO? Um, is that AO Desunmu or, uh, I don't know. I don't know which AO you're referring to there. Um, the Magic do have a little bit of cap room left. I think it's about $11 million of cap room. They are above the salary floor. Every team is above the salary floor at this point. Um, so the Magic did spend enough to get above that. Um, the problem is the Magic don't have any empty roster spots left. They have 15 players under contract for next season, plus Kevon Harris. Um, so the only the only contracts the Magic have to offer are training camp spots, you know, your typical Exhibit 10s, um, as well as two-way spots. So we got the two two-way spots to fill and then the roster's done. That's that's kind of kind of where we're at with this team. So um, I do think that the, you know, I think the Magic were very good about how they kind of flipped their cap room over. They're still very flexible. They can still do a lot of things. If there's a free agent they want to go after and they have intel that they can get them, the Magic can create a ton of cap room again next season. Um, if the Magic want to make trades, they can make trades. If they want to absorb some salary, they can still absorb some salary. So the Magic, I think, did, uh, Jeff Waltman, I think, you know, you can criticize his roster moves and personnel moves, he's done a really good job maintaining flexibility and, and keeping this team in a position to really do anything. Uh, and I, I think that's, you know, among the things, that, like, be excited about what we're going to see on the floor because I think this team is going to be really exciting and really fun. Be excited as well about what this team can possibly do because we don't know. Like, they they literally could do anything. They could be the next team to go after a big-name free agent. They could... They can make a Donovan Mitchell-like trade next summer, um, or you know they could spend their money on their own guys and, and see what happens there. Um, let's close with this question because um, it leads really well into our next set of episodes. Um, Ed Lamoso writes, "What are expectations for Jamal this year?" Um, Jamal Mosley has been a bit of a flashpoint um, for this this franchise, and a lot of it has to do with just. A, him being a rookie head coach, um, like last year, not last year, 2023 season, or 2022 season, he was making maybe a lot of rookie head coach mistakes. But at the end of the day, I think what we saw from him last year, his first two years, was he was a coach who was more focused on development. Um, his goal was to let young players make mistakes, teach them through experience, and move, move from there. He was making roster decisions. He was making rotation decisions. That weren't necessarily to win games. They were to help players develop and grow. Um, and I, so I, 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 I think the culture that he's built has been fantastic. Everybody on this team goes to bat for, the, for, the, for them. Everybody on this team goes to bat for their coach right now. Um, you know, you heard the Gary Harris line on, on Jeff Teague's podcast, you know. Not every place is like this, guys. Like, not every coach is like this. You got to win for this coach because they'll cut him real fast. Now, I think Joel is fine for this season. This season, like his team, I want to see him get to the next level. Um, I, I think the challenge for Jamal Mosley is, okay, you built this culture of togetherness where everybody really fights for each other and, and does so many things for each other. Now we need to see you take this team to the next level. You need to take your game to the next level making some tough decisions, maybe that'll help the team win in the end. Um, knowing when to make short-term decisions over long-term decisions. 
Um, he's made a lot of long-term decisions. Like a lot of his coaching decisions have been about big picture stuff. So now we're fighting for a playoff spot. Now we're getting ready for a play-in game. Do you have the tactics? Do you have the 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 strategy? The right strange lineup. I, I see someone posting like a random fun lineup would be AB, Harris, Jet, Ingles, WCJ. There's going to be a lot of fun lineups like that. That's absolutely a lineup I could see the Magic trotting out. Magic trotting out lineups with Isaac at the five or Isaac, Paolo, Franz together as the three, four, five with, you know, say maybe like Anthony Black and Cole Anthony or Anthony Black and Jalen Suggs and just be just monstrous in the, monstrous with, with perimeter pressure and, and paint pressure. You can see the Magic just do a bunch of different things. Like be creative, um, but still be true to who you are and what you're trying to do as a team. At the end of the day, Jamal Mosley is going to be judged on results. Um, you know, he's gotten away the last two years where results were kind of a byproduct of, his, of, of what he was building and, and his success. He's also, he's now got to get to a level where he's winning games, where, you know, he, he's putting his players not just in a position to win, but his decisions are leading to wins. Um, and there's going to be mistakes made on that road too, because he's a young coach who's never had to play, coach winning basketball before. Um, and so... You know, I will be as fudgy as the team is. My goal for Jamal Mosley is he needs to level up. Um, he needs to step his game up. Uh, and there are a lot of ways that he can definitely do that. And it's funny you guys mentioned that. Our podcast on Monday, as well as on Tuesday, we're going to have another two-part podcast. Our podcast on Monday and Tuesday is going to dive a little bit deeper into the playbook, areas that Jamal Mosley can improve on, where this Magic team stands, what this Magic team can do, and really get into the core identity of who the Orlando Magic are. We have, we have a great guest on the show. Uh, pre, I recorded it yesterday. Great guest on the show for Monday and Tuesday um, to, to start off next week. So get very, very excited about that. Um, seeing as there are no more questions, I've gone an hour here. Uh, I want to thank you all for uh, uh, taking the time to join us for today's live show. I hope to do uh, some more of these in the future. Um, I apologize uh, for some of the technical difficulties I had uh, earlier in the show. Um uh, get, making sure I get started on time. Something that I thought was set up for me was not set up for me, so I hopefully we'll fix that uh, for the next time. But I appreciate you all for uh, for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and help the podcast stitcher tune in to Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey. Uh, wherever you download your podcast, uh, uh, to your, uh, wherever you download podcasts to your podcast, enable listening device. I forgot my own spiel. I, I don't have it written down. I have that thing memorized. Um, you can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore md. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. And since you're here, and I appreciate you all being here, check out my Patreon page, Orlando Magic Hub. You can find you can find a link to that in my bio at philiprr underscore omd. Thank you all again for joining us for today's live broadcast, a live mailbag. I appreciate all your questions. We will circle back to a lot of them uh, in the near future, got a lot of great post ideas from your questions. I crowdsource and I'm not ashamed of it. Enjoy Oppenheimer. Enjoy Barbie. Enjoy Mission Impossible. I'm still catching up on that one. I saw Ghost Protocol last night. Uh, I am, I've got Rogue Nation ready to go. I got Fallout after that. And then I can go see Dead Reckoning. So hopefully it's still in a nice theater uh, when I get to it. But until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Orlando Magic.